Welcome to the very second episode of the Awkward Duckling Podcast. Once again, I am your humble host, Miss Maple, and I am excited to dive right into my topic this week. Um, this week, I'm going to be talking a little bit about conventions. Now, when I say conventions, I'm going to be talking more on the long lines of Comic-Con and anime conventions. I know there's a lot of different types of uh, cons. Scarefest is a totally different thing. Uh, horror cons, all sorts of stuff. But those are the two types that I know most about. I have volunteered at cons before. I've paneled at cons before. And I've gone just to enjoy myself at cons before. Um, so a little bit of summary of what I'm going to be talking about today is I'm going to start with talking about what I know and just some helpful tips, some things I've learned through different conventions. And then I'm going to talk about, about how I feel like cons have kind of changed over the years. This kind of, this weird change that there's some good things and there's some not so great things um, that have happened with cons. But before we get into some of the problems, pros and cons of cons, <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about my history. So I have been going to cons for about five or six years. I know that still is a baby in some people's books, but I feel like I've seen a lot of different things. Um, I can remember my first convention being at a library. Um, it was called uh, Kentokyo. I, I can't remember if it was Junior or no, it was Chibi. Chibi Kentokyo, and it was at a local library. And I remember I was so excited. I had made friends in color guard in college and they invited me they're like oh you'd love this you should try it and so i like remember i went to goodwill and made my very first link cosplay and it was really fun there was a lot of different things and as you can imagine with a library con there wasn't a lot of like panels or game rooms and stuff but it was still a really fun experience i got to meet a lot of different people i got to see a lot of different people and it was interesting to see the con where it is now to where it started um but I'm honestly, I'm very glad I started at a first con. I remember I was really nervous because I didn't know what to expect or what to see. And it definitely surprised my expectations. I remember I went with some senpais from Anime Club in college, which is the most weeb thing I can possibly think to say. And I think Ohio Con was my first like quote unquote official official con. And it was so welcoming and so exciting. Now, it was a little overwhelming, I remember, because, you know, you don't really know where everything is, um, but OhioCon, the first year I went was fantastic. I remember there were so many, like, people in line, but you knew where the lines were, you knew where the dealer's rooms were, and you knew where everything was, and it was fantastic. All the volunteers knew exactly where to tell you where to get to. Nobody didn't know what they were doing. You knew where the panel area was. And it, I mean, it helped that it was a very well-organized con, but a lot of the different cons that I went to starting out were very well-organized. Um, they really made sure they had people who knew what they were doing, um, and it was really, really nice. I mean, I think when you, your first experience is something wonderful, then it, it makes it better. I remember my spouse, his first con with me was actually Ohio Con, and it was a few years past and it was a couple years, maybe two years ago, and poor thing, I mean, he did not have a fun time, but to be fair for him, we couldn't stay at the hotel by the con, which is something I'll go into a little bit later about the very importance of hotels and making sure you have everything in order. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about big versus small conventions. 
Um, I'm honestly so glad I went to a smaller one as my first convention. Um, some other small ones that I w I've been to that were fantastic. OMG Con, uh, Kentucky Con has gotten bigger, but it's still a great first con. Uh, Subasa Con, Matsuri Con, these are great, great cons. And I, when I say big versus small, I don't just mean attendance numbers. I mean maybe just the feel of it. Um, OMG Con, which I, I dotingly call friend con, is in Owensboro, Kentucky. Very, very small town, um, but it's fantastic. I mean, you, there's not many dealers, there's not many panels, but it's great because you get to know people and it's a lot more family-friendly oriented, I wanna say. You get, I've met some wonderful people at these cons. I think it's a great time, especially if you wanna go to a convention but you don't really know anyone that goes. It's a really great experience to go, not be overwhelmed and meet some very awesome people. Um, now, I have been to some very big conventions as well. I've been to Otacon, uh, which was in Baltimore. Now it's in D.C. I'm excited to go to D.C. Uh, this year for it. I've been to ColossalCon, which I know isn't as big as Otacon, but I consider it. I consider OhioCon to a degree a bigger con. It's more like a middle, middle ground. But when I say bigger con, I mean a lot, a lot of people go. There's a lot of cosplayers, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of things to do. Um, as someone with anxiety, uh, the first time I went to a big con, I remember I was both excited and extremely nervous. Um, big cons are a great thing to go to with friends. I would not go to a big convention by yourself, um, especially if you're like me and you get nervous a lot. Uh, big cons are a lot more of exploration. The merch rooms and artist alleys are fantastic at these places. If you want to see a favorite artist of yours on Tumblr, big cons are the way to go. I remember I met Mint and Apple. She's fantastic. I have like five of her shirts. She's a wonderful artist. If you go to a con and you see her, check her table out. And I was like super excited because I had followed her on Instagram and everything, but then getting to meet her and getting to see her art and buying it for myself was just amazing. I mean, it was something that small cons are great and you can support local artists, but big cons are fantastic if there's just somebody that you have an art crush on. Um, I'm trying to remember her name, but she does the comic Check, Check Yes Please, which is a comic about two boys who fall in love, who are also hockey players. And it was interesting is when I met her, I didn't I like bought her comic because I was like, oh, this is cool. And then when you get home, you realize, oh, oh, she's a big deal. Like, that's the cool part about big conventions is that you meet people and you have no idea who they are or, you know, they ask for a photo and then you go home and you're like, oh, my gosh. Um, Starlet Cosplay uh, was one I met at Colossal, not this past year, but the year before. And she just asked me to join her for a like mini photo shoot. I was like, yeah, this will be fun. Sounds great. And I went home and was like, oh my God, look at her Instagram. And I don't follow people for the numbers, but it's, it's just, it's cool in that aspect of big conventions. You're more likely to meet quote unquote bigger names and have more of those encounters where you talk to people and then you realize, oh, they were a, a big deal. Cool. Like it's just, it's, it's very neat. And, and big conventions are more likely to have different types of voice actors. For instance, um, smaller cons, 
Greg Ayers goes to OMG Con every year. And I think that's really cool because he does such a good job of really making a great impression on his fans. Uh, Little Karibo is someone else who they do go to bigger conventions, but if if you want more of a one-to-one time, like more personal time, smaller cons are great for those kind of things to meet guests because they will do things like play Cards Humanity or DJ or just go to a bar and hang out. And it's it's a unique experience I definitely wouldn't replace. I remember I met Little Karibo with my friend uh, Catalyst Cosplay. We were Yukiko and Chie, and he knows the voice actor for Chie, persona and he like asked for her picture and we had like a really cool like five minute conversation and that's something at a big con you can't really do you go you shake hands you take a picture and then you're gone you know so whether one's better than the other I can't really say because they both have their benefits if you're a cosplayer I'm gonna say two things I prefer as a cosplayer to go to bigger cons uh because I'm gonna see more cosplayers from the thing that I'm in now, if this is something that bothers you, I completely understand because I've been there as a young cosplayer and been really subconscious when you see like five other Blakes from, you know, Ruby or whatever. But I think it's it's really neat because you can bond. I know there are people who get really defensive when somebody cosplays the same thing as them. But if you're like me and you're like, this is so cool, let's talk about the show or manga or whatever, then it's really, really fun. Um, for instance, I'm going to Otakon this year. And I'm doing a character named Viola from a game called Eternal Sonata. And uh, it's a really fun older GRPG, but the thing is, it's not as popular. It's not like Final Fantasy level of popularity. So I'm really excited to go to a big convention because I'm more likely to meet people who know who I am. And not just for a picture opportunity, but for to be able to have conversations and hopefully see other people cosplaying the same thing. I hope, hope, hope I see other people cosplaying the same thing. But it's really, really neat. Um, another thing I don't have on here, but with conventions, bigger conventions are more likely, they are family friendly, but you're more likely to deal with alcohol and drunk people. Um, smaller cons, because they are more family friendly, deal a lot less with that they have more code of conduct on what you can wear and how you can talk and what you can do which i really appreciate um i know there's a lot of teenagers out there who still stay for you know nine ten o'clock panels and i think that's really really nice that small cons they don't have to parents don't have to worry about their kids they know they're safe um bigger conventions are something else entirely um dragon con i have not personally been to dragon con but it's it has very much the same feel as Colossal Con from what I've heard, and that it's very adult-oriented. They have people of all ages, but there's going to be a lot of drinking, a lot of alcohol, a lot of partying, which is really fun if you're into that type of thing. But if you are a mother or a older sister or you're younger and this makes you a little nervous, I completely understand and maybe wouldn't recommend that without a good group of friends or just try a smaller one as your first one. Um, now we're going to go into paneling. Um, I've done paneling for about three years now. I absolutely love it. I've done all sorts of paneling. I've done paneling from 18 plus hentai panels and yaoi panels to sports anime PG shoujo PG panels. And I absolutely adore paneling. If you are like me or like how I was in college and you are broke, <laughs> 
you cannot afford a badge, this is the most wonderful way to get into a convention. Um, I know Otakon, they're very strict on who they let in, but Otakon, usual tickets, like usual badges, if you get it at the door the day of the convention is $95. Now, when I was in college, that was way too much for me. But the cool thing about Otakon is if you get one panel accepted, that's like an hour and a half to two hours that you have to go and present and talk and do whatever. It's completely paid for, which is so awesome. Um, I know a lot of different other conventions, different other. I know like SubasaCon, uh, I don't know if it's changed, but I know a couple years ago their policy was if you did like three to four hours of paneling, then your badge was comped for... Um, I know OMGCon this year did something different, but in years past they did if you did four hours or if you did two panels, then you got comped for a badge, which is so awesome and it saves you so much money. Um, that was just a helpful tip. So if you are like me or like how I was in conventions uh, in college, I still am to an extent. Paneling is definitely something you want to look into. Um, when I say paneling, there are some cons that don't compensate with sex. But um, I personally really love to go to cons for paneling. I don't really go for the information panels because, you know, if there's something I like, I already know about it. But I love to go for the interactive. I always try and do in my panels something very interactive, even if it's like my sports anime panel, which was talking about different sports animes. I always talk to the audience, make it as interactive as possible. And it's really, really fun. Um, I, I hate to say it because some... There are younger con goers who do panels and they do a great job, but there are some that when they do an in-character panel, they don't plan. And planning is super important with panels. And actually, if you don't do a very good job planning your panel and doing what you're supposed to do in panels and just kind of take it as a joke and it's not very popular, um, I have known some people that have not been asked back to, to do panels at cons before. So you wanna make sure with paneling. If it's something you want to do, it's a great money saver, but you want to make sure it's something you know about and it's something you're willing to take time to really put together. I'm not just talking about like a PowerPoint. You want to make sure you talk about, get other panelists. You want to talk about what you're going to talk about, talk about maybe adding some mini games. I like to add mini games. My teacher is showing, but I like to add mini games to make sure your audience is having a good time. People are interacting with you and that way you are set to be asked back for that con for when you do it. Um, rooming and hotel. With conventions, even if it's in the same town, I have a tendency, I love to stay at the hotel right next to it. It's so convenient. You can just go back to the room and rest and change. Uh, if you're like me and you don't like to cosplay on Sundays anymore, having a hotel right next door is great because you can do two cosplays in a Saturday. Or if you want to change it to a Kigurumi um, or pajamas and just walk around the con, it's fantastic. Um, if you're done with the panel and you just want to go party it up in your room, it's a great way. You don't have to worry about driving. You park your car once and it's there for the weekend. I know with bigger cons like Otakon, Anime Expo, San Diego Comic Con, uh, people who I know who have gone to these bigger cons and myself included who's gone to these bigger cons, Hotel is so important and it's going to save you so much money. I have been, uh, I think it was SubasaCon a couple years ago that we went to, we couldn't stay in the hotel next to it because we missed the opportunity. That's another thing. Always make sure that you block your room in time. Um, 
so we stayed in like the Red Roof Inn, which was like two miles down the road. And it's amazing how much of a difference of driving and walking is. Like even if it's like a 10 minute walk, okay, cool. Your feet are going to hurt, but it's fine. But driving sucks because you have to pay so much for parking. You have to find a parking spot every time. You can't just like go back to the room, especially like I don't like driving. So I always have friends who drive and they carpool. You want to make sure you're staying there because you don't want to be that inconvenient person that's like, oh, I need to go back to the room and interrupt their con fun because you have to go back to the room a billion times. Um, and things happen. And like my, I've done it before and my friends were super chill. They're like, no, I completely understand. But it's just easier when you're able to do things on your time rather than waiting for everyone else or for the other person to be done so that you can go back and change or eat or whatever. Um, food. When you go to a convention, it is so, so important that you bring snacks. There will be food there, and I always eat food there, but granola bars, peanut butter crackers, bottles of water, these are so important to have because if you have heavy cosplay or if you have a bag with you, if there's just something that you just want to snack, it's there and you're able to have it. Um, I know I have friends who bring macaroni or... Um, what is it, ramen that you can pop in the microwave, and if you are like, I was in college as well, and you want to save money, that's a great money saver for cons as well, because no one's going to get on you in the hotel for making your own food. It makes things so much cheaper, a little bit easier, and if the food around you isn't something you're like, and you're a picky eater like me, it's a good scapegoat to not have to worry about trying to find something you like at the con. Um, and they always make the prices at cons for food, like, ridiculously expensive anyway. So it's just, it's nice to do, and it's a good tip so that you don't go hungry or dehydrated. Um, so I've talked a lot about my experience. I've given some tips about going to cons. And I want to talk about how I feel like cons have changed. And I'm not talking about maybe Comic-Cons, because Comic-Cons are something different. Like, there's going to be a huge different mix of people, and there's going to be different types of people and not as many cosplayers and stuff so that hasn't changed as much I feel like but anime conventions are something that I feel really passionately has changed a lot um compensation with paneling is something that's really changed I know a lot of cons that used to if you did so many hours you got a free badge are now doing new policies where if you do like four hours you get like 25% off or something ridiculous like that and I completely understand, like, you want to make a, a profit, and if most of your attendees are doing panels, cool, I completely understand. However, that's a very good way to get people to come, and especially if people have reputation. When you have bigger guests like Tea Time with Deadpool and other famous panelists who go to cons, they're not going to want to come to your con, or they're going to be very upset at your con because they're not being compensated. They're not guests. They're taking their time to really entertain people and be a part of the experience. And when you're not doing any sort of compensation like that, it shows that you don't value them. And I feel like that's something a lot of cons are changing to, and I'm not very happy about it. And I'm not doing as many panels as before, but you really see the programming change when you have policies like that. When you have cons that don't compensate, a lot of the panels aren't as high quality as they should be. Like, you can't expect and narrow down all these different panels when you don't have the best of the best applying simply because 
they're not going to be compensated. And that sounds really elitist of me because I'm not going to go to a panel and be like, oh, this sucks. I'll give you zero out of 10. Like, no, I'm not that person. But you're going to have a lot less variety at cons when you do these sort of things. Uh, volunteers. When I first started going to cons, volunteers really knew what was going on. They knew where to point you to where to go. They knew where everything was. And if they didn't know, they knew somebody who did. And they would get you that number. But there's been this shift in a lot of anime conventions where they get volunteers. And it's not every volunteer because they're still very hardworking volunteers. But you have some that have no idea what they're doing. They don't uh, check IDs at the door, which sucks because I've done 18 plus panels where there are people who are not 18 plus who didn't know because the person at the door didn't check. Um, I've done panels where the volunteer has not given me my five to 10 minutes. I've had panels where the volunteer just doesn't care. And I've just been a get, uh, when I say guest, I mean, I've just gone and I've just been to cons before where the volunteers didn't know the information. If I had to go to the bathroom, I had somebody who couldn't tell me where to go, which that sucks. Like that's basic information that you need to know. And something like where's the bathroom or, and you don't need to know, memorize every single schedule or every single meet and greet, you know, but you need to know the general layout of where things are and at least know what your job is. Um, there's also some very volunteers that have been very disrespectful to cosplayers. Um, I've had friends who have had volunteers say very degrading things about their cosplay because they were showing more skin and like, I'm I'm never okay with this. This is never okay if someone does that like you. You go and you find security and you tell them. But I'm a little bit more lenient when you have people who aren't con goers, who are just normal people passing by. You're going to get judgmental looks from them. And it's not okay, but it's more understanding. But when you have a volunteer who's at an anime convention and they're giving you that look and they make derogatory comments, that is not okay. First of all, that's sexual harassment. Second of all, that's not their job or their place to say. Um, I know a lot of cons, some cons that used to have background checks don't anymore because they didn't. And that's led to some really bad scandals with some guests they've had. They haven't done background checks. They haven't been organized. And it stinks and it doesn't make the con any more fun. It just makes it dangerous and it makes it less likely for introducing younger kids into the scene. Um, another thing I'm going to talk about is my stigma with cosplay. Okay, here's the thing with cosplay. You can wear whatever the heck you want. If you're a girl, you want to dress like a guy. If you're a guy and you want to dress like a girl, cool, whatever. If you want to show all your skins, that's fine. If, you're, if all you're doing is wearing nipple pasties and a thong, cool. I don't care. I'm not going to judge you for what you wear because, you know what, that's what the characters dress like. And if you're comfortable dressing like that, that's fine. But there seems to be this erupting stigma. I could talk a whole 30 minutes about this. But there seems to be this erupting stigma that if you are not the best of the best cosplayer, if you haven't handmade, hand-stitched every single thing on your costume, then you're, you're pointless. Like, zero out of 100. And that's absolutely ridiculous. And there's always, there's always been these people, but it seems to be very prevalent. And I think part of it has to do with Instagram and Twitter. And it sounds very old lady like me, but I've had conversations with middle and high schoolers who are absolutely terrified to start cosplay simply because they're like, I bought this costume. 
girl, I bought buy most of my costumes right now. I don't have time to make most of mine. Or I put pieces together. And I have friends who make a lot of their costumes. And I'm so proud of them. However, that does not make them a better person than any other cosplayer. Um, I'm really tired of people putting each other down on social media. Um, I know there was the scandal, not scandal, there was the petition thing with ColossalCon where... Um, hall photographers were not taking pictures of people of colors, men and females, which is absolutely ridiculous. I think everyone's costumes are absolutely wonderful, and if you are a hallway photographer, that's your job. You cannot discriminate, and you shouldn't discriminate anyway, but that's a whole other issue that I'm not qualified to talk about. Um, but it's just, it's making me sick, and it's making the con cosplay community very dark. And it shouldn't be. There shouldn't be this nervousness when you dress like a costume. At the end of the day, we're all just nerds dressed up. Like, nobody goes to a sports game and it's like, oh my gosh, you spent like five seconds to make your jersey and it looks awful. Or, oh my gosh, your makeup, your little, what is it, under the eyes, the black lines, you know what I'm talking about? No one's gonna go and do that, and if they do, they're a jerk and they should leave. But, like, so if nobody's gonna do that there, why should we do it at cons? Like, I'm a tall tall woman. I'm, I'm 5'11". And I've had people come up to me and say, oh, that character's supposed to be short. Cool. Like, I'm sorry that I really like cute characters. I've had friends, like, where people have gone up to them and been like, oh, well, that character's smaller than you. Why is that your place to say and why did you feel that was okay? I've had friends who cosplay the opposite gender. I, I cosplay guys sometimes and I've had people come up to me who are like okay but you're a girl yeah and I really like this character so who cares conventions are supposed to be this open space where it's okay and it's not okay to have like your kinks and your fetishes and all that stuff out like I should not see a person walking on their leash walking another person on their leash that's that's not what a con is unless it's a BDSM con cool that's okay there that's not okay at a regular convention but you know you should be able to walk around and be comfortable. We should be excited to see other people as characters we like, rather than criticizing what they're wearing. It makes cons more toxic, and it we don't need to be elitist. If a convention becomes an elitist thing, then who are we? We're all nerds. Like, I got picked on in high school, and I was like, oh, cons are going to be a great place where I'm accepted, so why are there people who are not? It's just, it makes me mad. And then, so one last thing I want to talk about with conventions is more of a tip thing but it's it's a problem that's still prevalent and that's etiquette etiquette for some of you who don't know is just proper rules and how to conduct yourself in a way that's not bothering others um glomping is less of a problem now and glomping is when you go up and you hug someone from behind or you run at them and you hug them from the front which was a problem a few years ago because people were doing it very rapidly uh, without people expecting it. Uh, there was the problem with the homestucks who were touching costumes. Here's my rule of thumb. Always ask. Like, even for a picture. Do not get butt hurt if somebody, a cosplayer, tells you no for a picture. Um, there's a really cool trend going around where people are getting these buttons where it's, it says cosplayer off duty. And I think that's fantastic because sometimes you have to go to the bathroom. Or you have to go back to the hotel room. Or you have to go to a panel. Or you're eating and you don't want pictures of your costume. I've had people take like candid like walk around me and take a picture without asking while I'm like eating chicken tenders cool like 
please don't do that. If you wait like 10 minutes when I'm done, I will gladly give you a wonderful picture that is not me with crumbs all over my face. Always ask for a picture. The worst someone's going to say is no. Uh, always ask if you can hug someone. I've had some of the best encounters that I've had. Um, I did Black Widow once and I had a girl who ran up to me. I was like, oh gosh. And then she stopped and she was, was like in tears, was like, oh my gosh, Black Widow is my absolute favorite character. Can I have a picture with you? Can I hug you? And I was like, yeah, like I absolutely love it. And I'm okay with hugs if you ask for it. I know people who are not okay with hugs because they have so much more anxiety than I do, and I completely understand. Everybody has a different bubble level, but you have to respect that bubble. Um, we went to, my husband and I went to a museum con, and when I say museum con, it was like a small little one-day anime convention held at museum. It was really, really cool. But there was this girl, and she was running at people and screaming like she there was there was someone dressed in a fursuit so she's like oh my god it's a furry which we're like okay whatever and then she was screaming at the top of her lungs like don't attack me thought it was funny and the person in the fur costume in the fursuit was really like you could tell they were really distraught because they were just minding their business and here's this person coming up and yelling at him for no reason um same girl later i was dressed as bubbles from pop-up girls and like kept poking me and bothering me and and I don't mind for a conversation, but you have to understand people are not there for your amusement. And there's still that voice level when you're inside that you have to handle. You can't attack people. You can't touch, do not touch people's props or their costumes without asking. I could do a, a whole podcast about etiquette, but there's just something, and it's it's been around for a while, but I feel like it's gotten worse and worse at cons where you have to understand there's still boundaries. There's still that bubble. People are excited. They want to see the characters, but you still have to understand how to conduct yourself in a public place. It's very important, and it makes the con more fun for everybody else. Um, these were just some things, my thoughts on conventions. Um, what did you think? Did you agree with me? Did you disagree with me? What is your favorite convention? Please let me know, because I am looking for more conventions to go to. Um, what are some things that bother you about cons? Or are you? Uh, what are some things that you love about cons? You know, please let me know, comment, message me. I will gladly have these conversations with you all. Like I said, this was a 30-minute podcast, and I can easily go hours and hours talking about cons and cosplay and all that wonderful stuff. And I'm going to make a, a different cosplay podcast later, later with some cosplay friends of mine. But... So I hope you enjoyed my second episode. Next week, we are going to be talking about something a little more broader, and that is cartoons, American cartoons specifically, the change in cartoon culture and how that's kind of evolved and where it is now. So if that interests you, be sure to tune in next week. This was Maple, and you were listening to the Awkward Duckling Podcast.